Okay, we are in Sefer Yechezkel, Perek Hey, Pasuk Aleph Vata Ben Adam So we have seen in Perek Beis, in Perek Gimel, and Perek Dalet, the Navi Yechezkel is commanded by the Kodesh Baruch Hu to do a series of very dramatic, almost bizarre physical actions as a parable, as a mushal, usually we have seen as preparatory to delivering a nevuah. But interestingly enough, in Beis Gimel and Dalid, the nevuah never is delivered. He's moved somewhere else. He's put into a house, a secluded house. He goes from one part of the Euphrates River to the other. He goes from there to the valley, but never gives the nevuah. It's just a consistent series of dramatic and sometimes inexplicable symbols. Now in Perik Hay, we are going to get some of the more bizarre, symbolic, dramatic gestures, but we are going to get the nevuah as well. And we might have been better off just staying with the symbolic, inexplicable gestures. Because the nevuah we're going to see in Perik Hay is probably one of the most graphic, uh, eviscerating, depressing nevuos in all the Tanaitic literature. I mean, we've seen Yirmiyahu can be pretty graphic, but I don't think anything like this as we're going to see. So we begin Perik Hay, Posek Aleph, the Atab and Adam. Now, Ben Adam, which we see is the name singularly uh, characteristic to Yechezkel, take a sharp sword, a razor, a sharp razor, take it and now cut off all the hair on your head, all the hair on your beard, take a scale and cut it. Divide the scale, presumably with the sword. Now, problem is, both these actions with the hair and the beard are osamidiraisa. You can't shave your face with a razor. You're not allowed to shave the sides of your temples, the uh, payas, etc. He's being told, the Navi, to do something contra to Torah law. We'll get back to it in a second. Now, what you do with this hair that you have shaved off, shlishes ma'ur tavir, one-third you put in the fire, betocha ear on that brick, you remember the brick he drew the city or the name of Yerushalayim, one-third you burn, kimelos yameha which symbolizes the siege of Yerushalayim that's coming, v'lo es 
and the third will be shown to be killing all around you by the sword. One third of the hair you have cut off, you throw to the winds, and I will send the sword after them. We're going to see exactly what it means, but basically we're saying now a third are going to die by siege, a third are going to die by sword, a third are going to be cast off to the wind, as we're going to see in different gullas, and I will even pursue them with the sword. Um, now, before we, we have discussed a very fundamental machlokes, and that is, is this for real, these actions? Is the Navi really told, as we saw yesterday, sleep on your left side for 390 consecutive days and then 40 on your right side? Um, lock yourself in the house and do not speak to anybody and so on and so on. Or, or, what's, I'm sorry to interrupt. I, you know, with Yermiyahu, he was recognized even by the people that didn't like him, that he was actually a Navi. Do the people in Israel around Yechezkel recognize him as a Navi? The only thing is, he's not in Israel. This oh, is all right, in Bavel. Right, yeah, they, 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 no question they do. But it's strange that this prophecy is, in other words, question is, how does it get to Israel? They say that the Babylon, there was a chain of, of communication, but it is to Bavel to shake them up as well what's going to happen in Israel. But the question is, is this real or is it a dream? Is it a vision? And we saw the Rambam in Mora Nebuchim says, don't think for a second, this is reality. This is a vision he has. It's studios to think that the Kaddish Baruch would take a Navi, a very holy person, especially Yechezkel was a Kohen, and have him do these demeaning physical things, shave your head, shave your beard, sleep this way, sleep that way. No. And yet, there are those who say it is real. It is intended to be real. Um, we said it is done, Lehisorus. In other words, another thing, to get the people of Bavel and Israel aroused, you have to grab them and do this as a reality. On the other, Rabbi Yosef Albo says it's part of the Navi's Hisorus to again wake up the people, to let them see this is the way to do it. The Ramban says, although not dealing with this, but in Israel, the Rambam spends pages in Mora Nebuchim, tracing all of them, not only this one, but Yirmiyot stripping bear, Yeshayot we see doing some bizarre act, that nonetheless, we say it's not real, says the Rambam. Others say, yes, it is done to galvanize the people. So we see a third here, a third there, a third there. Um, and now, here is consolation if you want it. That third that you are scattering to the winds, take some of it and put it in the hem. Put it in the hem of your garment. Uh, because 
what we're saying is there will always be a remnant. I will always have a remnant. I will not allow you to be totally destroyed. Over history, we have found this to be true. But hold on, we're going to see what happens to that remnant. And even out of those that we have saved, that one third that we're taking to say, I am going to fling them into the fire. And out of that, a conflagration will occur that destroys the entire house of Israel. I have put Yerushalayim in the center of all the nations. As Rashi says there, Yerushalayim, for all intents and purposes, is the center of the world. Um, and it's to be treated as some. Out of there comes everything that will affect the world. Um, and I have made it. The glory of the Svimosel Aratzas of all the nations around it. And you have rebelled against my word, La Russia, to do evil. In all the nations you are, in all the chukos that surround you, you have taken this beautiful heritage, the beauty and centrality and the essence of Yerushalayim, and destroyed it. You didn't go in my mishpat. You rejected all my chukos. Because you have rebelled against me amongst the nations, you are there. You haven't gone in my statutes. Very interesting. Nor have you gone in the ways of those Goyim whose you are surrounded by or whose nations you live. And what the Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying, there is good in some of those Goyim. And some of the, those nations have qualities. For example, I think it's the Malbin says, that at least these guys are loyal to one God. They pick one idol, they stay loyal. You don't even do that. And that which is good, what we call the Chachmas Hagayim, you don't even do that. So you have not only taken the bad parts, you've taken the good parts of living among other nations and destroyed them. I am against you. And I will do, in the eyes of these nations, sentences I will carry out against you. And I will do things to you that I have never done and I will never do again. Because Yayin because of all your iniquities, all your abominations. Now, fathers will eat the flesh of their sons, sons will eat the flesh of their fathers. I will do you all my 
terrible sentences, and I will scatter your remnants in every direction. And we know that in these famines at the second temple, it says so in Echo, that they ate flesh of their children. It came to that, the famine was so intense. And we have seen through history. And interesting, even as we are pronouncing this terrible prophecy, we use Adonai Elohim, one as Midas Hadin, the other Elohim Midas Harachamin. There will still be Rachamin. In Lo Yain et Yain es Mikdashi, Timas Bechol Shikotzeh, Bechol Tobaseh, because you have destroyed my sanctuary with all your Shikutzim, all your sins, all your abominations. I will not lessen my punishment. I will not show pity. I will not show compassion. And Mavoshim showed Menashe. Menashe did worse than any other Zorah that any other outside nation did. It was absolutely destructive. I have no pity. I have no compassion uh, for you. So... But when Yermiyahu was, was giving his nubu, uh, he, he almost offered like a deal. Just, you know, you don't have to do everything. Just do something. Right. And, uh, and Hashem will, will, will... Exactly. Right. So, Good like, it, it goes... You would think that, that Hashem's vision would be very steady because he knows the outcome of everything. Right. So why why the wild swings from like very very angry to compassion? And here is just fury. Um, probably because as the, the Malbin says, this really isn't just for Bavel and Yisrael. This is for future generations, and we've seen it. Our Barbanel says it also that this is for every Golas we've ever had. <clears throat> and continuing, and now this is the fulfillment of that symbolic one-third of the hair here, one-third here. One-third will die by pestilence of and famine. Another third by sword, it will fall around you. I will scatter the third to the winds, to the other nations, and I will still pursue them with sword. And this is where Abarbanel said, you're going to be scattered for thousands of years, for all generations, I'm still going to come after you in those countries. And then, at a time, my anger will be slaked. I will return my compassion. In the end, you will know I did this out of my jealousy. I did this for a purpose. And it has been abated. But now he goes back. I will now destroy you with the sword in, in, in shame. 
among Goyim, they will see, everyone who passes will see the devastation, the uninhabitability of the land, the destruction. You will be a bizayon, you will be a busha, um, a blasphemous curse all around to the other nations, because we're going to do these things in anger, in, in fury, rebukes, thus I have spoken. I will send the famine that will destroy and kill to destroy you. And I will add a famine and describe you of all bread. Why Rav twice? Say the Mephoshim, there are two kinds of Rav they're going to be hit with. One is a Rav where you can't buy food. You don't have the money. Food could be available, but you don't have the wherewithal. You're going to starve. The second is that you can find food. You eat the food. It does nothing. It is a famine that will not be slaked, even by the intake of food. V'shilachti alechem Rav, v'chayo Rav, Famine and animals, Vishikolech, you will be lost, Vedever, the dumb, pestilence and blood, Yehoverbach will pass over you, Vecherev of the Olayech, the sword upon you, Ani Hashem Dibarti, the conclusion of a terrible, terribly graphic um, prophecy. And tragically, we have seen not only has it been a valid prophecy in Israel, in Rome, in all the countries we've been scattered to. In recent history, we've seen that the Navi at least has delivered what he has so tragically promised. We will continue in Mirtashem, Monday, 845, with more prophecies. Adkan.